Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered, or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For those of you who know me, you know that positivity is my beat. It's how I make my living. It's how I'm wired, and it's one of my top five strengths. Today, my guest is Trey Doty. Trey is the president and CEO of Responder Life. Our paths crossed by the similar nature of the work we do, which is helping individuals and organizations become more resilient. You'll get to hear more from Trey a little later. But first, I'd like to share with you the three things that have brightened my day. Number one, just recently, I was asked if I'd be willing to serve as an officer on the parent-teacher committee at my daughter's elementary school. It turns out Aria's teacher recommended me to the outgoing vice president who called me to ask if I'd be willing to serve. Well, I love Aria's teacher. Mrs. Brockway, if you're listening, you're a saint. I don't know how the teachers have kept it all together during COVID. In addition to teaching our most precious kiddos, they have also become a technology consultant to parents and children and counselors as everyone is dealing with so much right now. Any way that I can help support the teachers, I'm there. And it's exciting to think that by being a part of the PTC, I have the opportunity to impact my child's education for the positive and hopefully make a difference for many other children going forward. I was excited to hear that there will be some fun events to get involved with too, like the carnival, movie night, bingo night, jogathons, readathons, and thank goodness I don't have to do it alone. Beware, listeners. I may be asking you to pledge my daughter for running laps and reading books, and I might be trying to sell you wrapping paper and candy soon. The number two thing that has brightened my day is the pest control guy came to our house. Last year, we had a huge spider issue. When I opened my front door and walked out onto the porch, I felt like I was walking through cotton candy. Well, that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but not by much. And Aria is definitely not a fan of spiders. In fact, this April Fools, Clark and I put two plastic spiders in the shower and when she stepped in, it took a minute, but all of a sudden she screamed. It was such a mean trick. And I might have laughed a little too hard. Aria was pretty mad. Yay! And now anytime she sees a spider in the house, I have to get the vacuum and suck up the spider or she can't be in that room. But now our exterior and interior in our house has been sprayed and we officially have what the pest control guy called a barrier around our house. Sounds good to me. If we see any spiders, ants, or wasps, we just call them and at no charge they come out and take care of it. And if that wasn't enough, when the guy was spraying around our house, he noticed that we had a loose grill on one of our vents. And right there on the spot, he replaced the grill and sealed it tight so that no little critters can get underneath our house. That's a huge relief. 
my number three thing has to do with my new favorite snack. I get up pretty early, (coughs) 5 a.m., so that I can have some quiet time to read with nobody bothering me, which means I have breakfast pretty early. So around 10 a.m., I'm ready for a snack. My new favorite snack is from Nature Valley. It's called Packed Sustainable Energy Bar. It's made with creamy almond butter, crunchy nuts and seeds, and chewy blueberries. It is so good and so much better than a regular granola bar. In fact, it says great taste guaranteed on the package. And they also do box tops for education. (laughs) The only downside to these packed sustainable energy bars is because they are so good, I want to eat more than just one, which just might pack on some extra pounds. Sounds like I might need a little self-regulation. And speaking of self-regulation, here's my positivity tip for the day. Create a daily habit that you can work on for the next month. Just spend 10 minutes each day on this habit so you strengthen your self-regulation. My guest today is Trey Doty. Trey is the president and CEO of Responder Life a nonprofit organization focused on serving and supporting first responders, for example, firefighters, law enforcement, 911 dispatchers, and emergency medical personnel. I met Trey when our paths crossed during some work we were doing with a state agency. The work Trey does around trauma-informed care and the work I do around positivity and well-being intersected nicely. Trey and I are also certified coaches, so we have a similar approach in our work. I remember in one of our recent discussions, we were talking about misery and suffering, and Trey said, suffering is a fundamental part of the human experience, but misery is self-imposed. And I said, tell me more about that. And a rewarding partnership has developed. It's an honor to have him here as my guest today. Welcome, Trey. Thank you so much for having me here. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Well, it might seem strange that I mentioned words like misery and suffering on a Brighten Your Day podcast, but ultimately the work you do addresses the suffering and negativity that first responders see and deal with on a daily basis to provide them with services to help them thrive. Is that correct? Uh, That's absolutely right. Can you briefly explain a little more about what you do or the work you do? We started a number of years ago, uh, founded by former assistant chief for the Portland Police Bureau. And he just noticed that new recruits coming in bright-eyed and not having a lot of wisdom under their belt because they had had a lot of life experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was on the elevator with uh, a young officer one day, and he's the assistant chief. So you can only imagine the nervousness that this young officer felt. But Dave said something, and that young officer perked up and with an unusual boldness said, Chief, I wish you would have told me that or told us that a long time ago. And I don't know the exact wisdom, but in Dave's mind, he thought, you know, we can do better for the next generation. And in retirement, he dedicated uh, not only his life, but his time and resources to start an organization that would serve first responders, particularly in what you just mentioned, the suffering that they see. We do that in just a few ways. And briefly, it's we provide peer support. We help agencies learn how to care for each other. Personnel learn how to care for each other. So 
law enforcement for law enforcement, firefighters with firefighters. It was a psychologist a number of years ago. He said, if every one of my clients had a really good friend, I'd probably lose 80% of them. And uh, he said, it's because most people are coming to me for, is it for my education, my mental health uh, expertise? It's because they want a listening ear of someone non-judgmental, supportive, um, and who has their best interest in mind, who cares for them. I just thought that's so true. And so this uh, abiding conviction in me to help others be that person in someone else's life. And we get to do that with first responders. So we get to engage first responders in that. We uh, work with culturally competent mental health professionals who know this audience. They know this work and they speak the language and they do uh, immensely good work with our first responder population and healing in ways quicker and more thoroughly than than many of them I've ever experienced. And uh, then we have rest stops, 24-7 access to a room. Uh, somewhere keypad access. Sometimes it's in a church, sometimes it's in a hotel or retirement center, wherever there's a free room, Mm. mostly for law enforcement while they're on duty to grab a Gatorade or maybe a bottle of water, maybe to write a report, uh, maybe even to use a restroom as simple as that at two o'clock in the morning, there aren't a lot of places open and COVID closed even more places. And so we have 72 of those uh, rest stops in the Portland metro area and south into Salem and north uh, up into Clark County. And uh, then in addition to that, we send law enforcement officers to Haiti every year to assist with ethics and tactical training for a very under-trained Haitian law enforcement personnel who receive death threats regularly because of their work as law enforcement. And uh, as I, I think about that, I am so grateful for the team that has assembled over the years. Uh, um, these people are now family and friends to me. And my, when my feet hit the ground in the morning, I can't believe I get to do what I do. Thank you for that. And thank you for the very important work you're doing. I feel like it's kind of trite to now say, what are three things that have brightened your day? But <laughs> that is the podcast. And Absolutely. I'm sure you have opportunities for way more than three things to brighten your day. But I'd love to know what are the things that have brightened your day lately? Well, lately, one of my biggest challenges uh, over the last couple of three days is to whittle this down to just three. But the first one, I just love to run. And mm. I started it in my early 40s. I'm in my late 40s now. And I did it for my emotional well-being, not even for my physical health so much, but for my emotional well-being. And I thought, if it has good, positive physical consequences, great. But I just want my mind and spirit to be well. And that has been true. And then a year ago, I moved to Salem and I live in West Salem. If you don't know the area, it's wine country, Mm -hmm. a lot of farmland. And on my run, there are a lot of hills in West Salem as well. (laughs) On my run, I get to the top of the highest point uh, in our neighborhood and in the surrounding area. And this time of year, when I turn a corner and I'm at the top of the hill and I start going down the hill, I get to see cows and pastures and oak trees just standing out in fields with fog sometimes lying in the pasture. I get to see Mount Hood and the sun coming up over the Cascade Range. If that doesn't make someone happy, (laughs) I don't know what will. Wow, that's fantastic. I don't think you and I had discussed that we have running in common. I mean, you would leave me in your dust for sure, but I almost can follow you with my mind on those runs. Those sound amazing. 
and getting back, it's one of those things. It can be difficult some days to get out of bed, especially when we've had busy days before, but getting up and getting out and doing that and coming back, I never regret it. There are some runs that are harder than others, but when I get to experience the the outdoors and the fresh air, it does my mind and spirit really good and my body uh, is thankful. So it aligns a lot of things, a lot of parts of me. Yeah. You know, there's so much out there around running and everybody's got an idea, you know, of how you mm-hmm. should train or, or, and it's not always about speed. It's often about form and sometimes it's more about right. distance, but I'm curious since I, I run too, and I'd love to know, is there a technique or um, a way that you train that you find has really helped you and improved your running? I haven't. Uh, I read a lot of blogs uh, about running and there have just been little things, little pieces along the way that I've picked up. You know, how do I hold my hands when I run? Where do I keep my arms? You know, yeah. to keep good form. And it's those little things. I think the big thing is for me, uh, I'm highly competitive. I don't run races because if I did, I would obsess about the preparation and uh, then the race. And it would probably stop being enjoyable because I push myself hard enough without it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Sounds like you get to experience that runner's high frequently. Uh, yes. That is <laughs> yeah. wonderful. All right. What's the second thing that's frightened your day? During COVID, you know, we haven't had the chance to connect and something that I teach regularly. So I talk about exercise all the time. So it makes sense that running is a part of my life. But I talk about if there are only two things that I could say really anchor wellness in our lives, it's having a sense of purpose and meaning and mm-hmm. it's, it's connection to other people. And a lot of my connection is around my work. As you can imagine, it's all encompassing. First responders work 24 seven. So a lot of my work also as a chaplain uh, demands that my hours aren't a a normal seven to five, eight to five, uh, Mm whatever that might be. And so connection uh, outside of work has always been a challenge. And uh, what I found this last year, a little too late, just in the last few months to to really be honest with you is uh, I can meet people for happy hour on Zoom. <laughs> and I, I know this is a radical or transformational in people's thinking, but what it has allowed me to do is uh, friends from different parts of the country who we are all now on Zoom as a regular part of our lives. It makes sense that I connect with people that I haven't connected with for a long time because oh, we're accustomed to this forum uh, jumping on video. And so we've had happy hours on Zoom. I've been with friends on the East Coast and in the South and here on the West Coast. It's just a nice time to do it. And what I found is this nice oasis from just talking shop. Mm. We don't talk about work. It goes unsaid most of the time. And it's just enjoying somebody else's company and just connecting. And I think it really remind remembering why we meet together and why we were friends in the first place. (laughs) And it's not work that caused us necessarily caused uh, a lot of these relationships to form. It's because we had a deep interest in the interests of each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really want to cultivate that. And so uh, happy hour isn't about the wine, but I've had some good (laughs) wine and it's not about the bourbon. I've discovered (laughs) some good bourbon. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. I I think I want to be a part of your Zoom happy hour. (laughs) <laughs> I would love it. I, you, you, you're invited. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. You know, as you were saying that, what's interesting is you mentioned that it wasn't necessarily the work that brought you together. It, it was this these other connections. And what I found in the workplace that helps is when people do find 
connections that help them have that difficult conversation. So they find out that their kids both play soccer or they find out that they both love, you know, vacationing to Mexico or they're both fishermen or something. That kind of social connection actually helps them in the workplace. So I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. It's, it's, it works both ways. It, it does. And you wouldn't be surprised at this because I think that's true of you as well. Uh, I'm just really drawn to people who have this deep curiosity about the world, things that they're not expert about, and those who approach life with a humility, with that curiosity and just discovery. And that's just a lot of fun. I think it taps into part of us that we feel like we have to let go of once we, quote, graduate from uh, elementary school or junior high, that we leave those things behind. And I think we do that to our detriment. So I'm just really drawn to people with that insatiable curiosity for discovering things in the world that uh, spark our imagination and drive us to uh, try new things and take risks. Well, I give that an amen. There's nothing else to say. (laughs) Um, But there is one thing. What's the third thing that's brightened your day? Third thing that's brightened my day, I've been uh, reading a bit on just the idea of culture, organizational culture, and how we navigate. I mean, we're probably we're more connected and more segmented than in it, at many other times in our history. And I work in a lot of organizations, and I'm always so interested in the little cultures that develop within organizations. Why do some cultures value one thing and another culture values something else? And how do we navigate that? And um, my wife actually said, and I don't mean to say actually, as if I'm surprised that she would say something <laughs> profound, because I just told you the kinds of people I'm drawn to. Right. But um, she said something not too long ago, as she was talking about a coworker, I had immediately used it in a consulting situation. And she was reflecting back to a coworker who was having a difficult time and actually took something really personally. And she said to this coworker, you're not responding to a person, you're responding to a culture. That didn't come from a person, that came from the culture. Taking it away from the this very personal, what felt like an offense, and moving it to, hey, there are bigger things at play in this organization, Mm -hmm. and this person just embodies some of that. And they probably aren't even aware of it. And so in that is implied, give them some grace, give them some latitude. We are all products of many of the cultures we reside in. And that gave me a new perspective. And the fact that I could use it immediately, I felt like, you know, from the consulting side, I should write her a check. Like, how much do I owe you for that tidbit? And in culture, understanding how do we work well together? What does collaboration look like? What does health look like? And when it really comes down to it, when culture is healthy and we're doing things well, it means giving up those parts of ourselves that aren't necessary so that we can make room for other people. It doesn't mean having a, not having a strong identity or confidence or the ego strength to move projects forward. It means stepping back a little bit, not taking ourselves too seriously, and not taking up so much space that other people don't have space to join us in the work that we're trying to do together. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, when we look at our culture, the people who really enjoy their work say, wow, this work is hard. I really love the people I work with. They would do mm-hmm. anything for me. Mm-hmm. That's why I keep showing up. You know, the thought that came into my head as you were mentioning that is we teach people how to treat us. And that can be in the bigger mm-hmm. context, too, of culture. If we have this culture of 
listening and curiosity and assuming positive intent and, mm-hmm. and you know, not being judgmental. We, we teach people how to treat us back in return of listening and being curious and assuming mm-hmm. positive intent. I, I don't know if that's the proper connection, but that really came into my head just then. I think you nailed it. I learned that early on. I was young in a leadership situation and I was actually a, a youth pastor in a church and I was really frustrated with how a couple that were my grandparents' age were very parental with me. Mm. And what I noticed over time in a reflection, and then I had somebody much, much wiser than me, especially at 20, however old I was, <laughs> who just said to me, I wonder if you stop talking to them like your parents, if they would stop treating you like their child. Wow. And I thought, I am teaching them how to interact with me, how to relate to me. And it doesn't have to be that way. It can be different. We can have a more collegial relationship, even with the division of years, but I'd also probably gain a greater respect for their knowledge and seek it out more often if I respected myself enough to act as a peer and a colleague in that situation. And it was a, it changed everything for me. I'm still learning that every day. I feel like that's a daily, weekly uh, learning, but. Yeah. It's really easy to say, you know, in, in situational leadership, which is a model that Mm -hmm. I teach now and then one of the five pillars is model the way. And it's sure easy to have that up on a sign and say, here's my slide, model the way, and then to really do it. And what does that mean? Well, I can say that in the three things that have brightened your day, you have given me something to model in taking care of our bodies, that body, mind, and spirit, whether it's running, whatever it is that taking care of your body, you mentioned about purpose and connection. And then in the third, just culture and how do we interact with each other? If we can all sort of do that for each other, we're, we're on the step to good things, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. And thank you for brightening my day. Well, thank you. Every conversation I have with you, I go away feeling more positive. Uh, my day's always brighter. I really genuinely mean that. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for tuning in to Brighten Your Day. To be a guest on my podcast, email me at HiltonLisaB at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.